Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on iWorkFram, click on the iWorkFram Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the iWorkFram Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's iWorkForHim.com, iWork, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian Talk Radio. Super big thanks goes out to the whole team over there at Salem Media Group in Tampa today as we have engineered... A miracle, which we'll describe later on in the show. But super great thanks goes out to Joe and Robert and Michael and Ace and Jose. Have They've worked really hard to put together today's show. Hey, super big thanks goes out to that team. But big thanks go out to the I Work For Him Nation team as it grows each and every day. We've got people joining the I Work For Him Nation almost on the every day. And here's what we're looking for. We're looking for Christ followers across the nation to make the commitment to start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day. We're looking for people that are, look, that are willing to start serving those they work with. We're looking for those people in our nation that will start looking for ways to befriend the people they work with so that they've got opportunities to share the hope that they have in Jesus. But all along, we're looking for people to be people of excellence in your workplace, people that as you do your job, you stand out above and beyond anybody that's out there doing their work. That's what it means to join the I Work For Him Nation. You and me, we can make an impact on those around us, and we could do it by serving. I challenge you to go out to iWorkForHim.com and click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and join today. But it does take a paradigm shift in our minds as we talk about every day. Just a reminder of what it looks like to be a workplace minister, somebody that recognizes their workplace as their mission field, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You know, Martha and I had the opportunity to go on a marriage retreat cruise. We led the marriage retreat cruise back in February, and we're trying to recap some of the really cool stuff that we talked about. And Martha, one of the things that we noticed is that couples uh, really don't spend enough time, well, talking or, or praying. <laughs> yeah, we were just um, talking recently about how many people, how much time we spend when we're dating each other, when we're getting to know each other. Um, you can't imagine not spending hours and hours talking to each other every day. But yet, um, once, once we get married, once we get involved in a career with kids, uh, all those different things, that the talking part we forget about what a sad thing we we got married to hang around each other and get to know each other better and then once we do we we stop working at it i married you for your money you did i did oh i find that hard to believe 
<laughs> We're supposed to be truthful on the show, Jim. Oh, okay. But what what we do every time we talk with a married couple, every time we go through some marriage mentoring with somebody, we always bring up the fact that, listen, there's two things we're going to ask that you do. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask that you pray together on a daily basis. Right. And and we, we ask couples all the time, well, are you guys praying together? And most of the time the couples are saying, well, we pray over dinner. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about praying together, outside of, uh, with the kids, uh, outside of dinner time, where it's just husband and wife coming together before the Lord and, and just pleading with the Lord for their marriage, for their kids, for whatever may be going on in their lives. And, and it's just a huge thing. It is. And I think that one of the things that we need to realize, and often we need to step back, and when we're talking with people, is realize the fact that for a lot of people, they've never even had a conversation about it. They've never even thought about, oh, what an idea. If I have a relationship with the Lord and my spouse has a relationship with the Lord, let's have this conversation together. And so really, for a lot of people, we're introducing something to them that they have never even considered entering into their their marriage or their relationship. Because we encourage this with people that are dating, people that are, you know, engaged as they're getting ready for marriage. It is, it's the glue, you know, that, that is so important in a relationship. But if they've never even thought about it, where do we even begin? So the topic of the conversation today is spiritual time management. And, and it's, and we, we broke that out kind of to be funny because uh, couples today, uh, and we are at the top of the list, really struggle with time management, how to say no, how to say yes to the right things, how to say yes to great things, and how to say no to um, things that aren't great, And but how to spend some spiritual time together. So right. really that's the topic where we're going to go today. But it goes down to, you know, statistics that we read is that, well, we talked with Shanti Feldhahn, was that just it was no, that last, was last week. week. Yeah. That that she said that, you know, the the average divorce rate is 29%, but when you incorporate faith, when you incorporate people being actively involved in a community mm-hmm. of believers, that right. that divorce rate drops from to from 29% to 15 to 20%. Right. And this is part of the component. It's praying together. It's actually spending time together in prayer and we always add in, listen, if you want to be mentored by Jim and Martha, if you want to spend time with us, you've got to commit to talking 15 minutes a day. Not arguing, talking 15 minutes a day. Downloading, because couples that talk on a daily basis, they, they, they eliminate most of those arguments, most of those silly things that are going on in their lives. Yeah, if somebody would have told me 30 years ago that we needed to schedule time to talk, I would have thought, well, of course we're going to talk. But, you know, again, we'd get busy and crazy. And um, it's not the calendar and did you get the mail? And it's not that kind of conversation. It's real life conversation. Um, What are you dealing with? What are, you know, what are you feeling those kinds of convers that kind of conversation um, is so easily put on the back burner, and we just don't do it regularly enough. So yes, we encourage all couples to start with those two things in their lives. Today, Martha, we're talking about spiritual time management mm-hmm. because it is one of those things. Having couples really focus on being intentional to incorporate their faith into their marriage relationship, which seems ridiculously simple. But it is something that couples really struggle with. Well, it is. And I think really the bottom line, and we've said this many times to many couples, Satan doesn't want this to be an area of success in your marriage. So any little thing is distracts us and we allow that to happen. And so we have to be 
over intentional. In my opinion, we need to shoot for 150% in order to get 100%, or we need to shoot for, uh, you know, you know, overshoot so that we get somewhere. Because you and I struggle with this. Life gets busy, and it's we get tired. We don't struggle with we anything. We hit the snooze button one more time, or we watch you one more secrets. rerun. Oh, you give away secrets all the time. That's so right. <laughs> it's only fair. But um, you know, that's the reality. We struggle with it on a daily basis because I truly believe that if couples get this area of their life figured out in their spiritual walk and in their marriage, um, it catapults the relationship to a whole new area. And Satan doesn't want that. He doesn't want us to be solid in our in our spiritual time. You know, it, what what we see often the couples are struggling with, and, and so we want to just speak very specifically to it. They didn't have it demonstrated to them. They didn't have it modeled for them. Mom right. and dad didn't model. What, what was in, what's incredible, um, in, in your your grandparents, they were very intentional about their spiritual time together. They, yes. they got up and they prayed on their knees right until the end of their lives together. And I know they read their Bibles together and they were involved in Bible studies and things like that. So they really demonstrated this really well. And I know our parents along the lines now have come and are doing some of that same stuff. It, it is What's incredible for us is the impact it's had on our own marriage. Yeah, as a little girl, I, one of my now, as a grown woman, fondest memories of spending the night at my grandparents is in the morning, I'm going to get choked up, in the morning, sitting there and, and hearing them pray through the names of everybody in our family by name, one by one, and bringing them together with their little hands held across the kitchen table. And it didn't matter how many of the grandkids or who was there in the house, that was a part of their day. And the power in seeing that, because they could have done it in their bedroom with the door shut and prayed on their knees, and I would have never known. But they did it at the kitchen table, and I heard them pray my name. And the impact that that has had on me through all these years is... is um, I can't even measure it, but that's that's some of what we're talking about. If we are so private in it that we're not telling our kids that we are praying, that we do read our Bibles, what God is doing in our lives, then what, we're not modeling that to the next generation for them to pick up and, and take to the next generation. But what we find some couples saying is that they feel like it's awkward. They're, they're not like, how, yep. do, how do we even do this? Right. And, and so that's why we just start off with, we just tell people, you know what? As, and we're going to give you some very practical suggestions, but we just say, just start off praying for your kids. If you got kids, if you don't have kids, just start praying off for each other Right. and keep it simple. We're not talking, this has got to be 25 minutes, sit down on your knees and pray. We're just saying, grab each other's hands. And there's an important reason why we say grab each other's hands. We say grab each other's hands because it's impossible to be mad at somebody when you're touching. Why would you be mad? Well, I don't know. Cause it seems like we always have arguments right before we're supposed to have prayer time. <laughs> Again, Satan doesn't want it to be a successful time. Yeah, we're so. really giving away secrets. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Uh, okay, so we hold hands. Also, you can't be texting. You can't be distracted. You're focused on that moment. I think there's something very centering about holding hands personally. Maybe that's a woman's point of view. Well, and on the cruise, we had a couple of ladies that shared that said, hey, there is nothing sexier than when my husband leads me spiritually. Yep. Wasn't it what she said? Mm -hmm. That's pretty close, wasn't That's it? That's a pretty good quote. Okay. So, gentlemen, as you're listening, you're like, wow, I'll just feel stupid. I'm like, no, you know what? This is this is the way God designed us to lead. Yeah. So it is, it is something that we really need to work on. Mm -hmm. So 
but we talk about two different things. We're talking about praying together, and we're talking about spending time talking to each other. So let's give them some ideas on how to pray together, because we've got a couple of, of ideas in there. And then I want to jump into, maybe after the break, we'll jump into... Um, I think you took all of the notes, by the I way. I took okay. all your yeah, notes. That's I'm right. So okay, sorry. oh, you're good. I'll She's share. sharing. So what what we did is we we found articles. You know, on a marriage cruise, none of what I no, none of what we present is original written material. A lot of times, questions are original, but I find other authors who've written great articles about it, and we and we publish those articles and and bring them up so that you know I'm not getting credit for somebody else's work. We find great videos to fit in this, and and if we had. You know, if I was brave enough, we'd be playing the MC Hammer video, Pray. <laughs> because in, in the MC Hammer video, it, you know, it's it's Pray. You got We've got to pray just to make it today. Maybe from we can post it on our Facebook. Maybe we could. We will post it on <laughs> Facebook tonight. We'll have Connor post it on Facebook tonight right after the show. MC Hammer's Pray. You've got to ma- just pray. you got you got to pray got to just, pray to, ma- just, just to make it today. And he's in full, fully outfitted in parachute pants. That's right. That's right. All right. They so don't make outfits like that anymore. Oh, they probably do, actually. Well, I'm not going to wear one, so it doesn't okay. really matter. <laughs> I'm not sure. We're on radio anyway. We it are. doesn't matter. That's right. <laughs> we're just po- post pictures of me in parachute pants. No, that's not what we're going to do. All right. So people are saying, okay, you know, we pray before meals. Great. We're thrilled to death. We should be grateful for every meal we get to eat because there's families across the country and across the world that never get to eat. But this is what we're talking about. We're talking about husbands and wives praying together. Now, Martha, I think it's noteworthy. And and again, not to our credit, but pray. We encourage couples to pray together while you're dating. That's when it should start. You should start praying together when you're dating. Uh, So, you know, and, and we could ask several young men who are listening to the show today, are you praying with your girlfriends while you're dating? Mm-hmm. It's an important thing because l- let's say you shouldn't be dating anybody you're not willing to marry. And if you're willing to marry this person, then you should be praying with them now to start setting that in motion. Well, and I think that, um, you know, we've talked to several people who are like, okay, but I've been either dating this person for several months and we've not prayed, so how do I start? And the same thing with um, married couples. They maybe have been married five or ten years or maybe a few months and this has never been a part of their conversation. You know what? There's nothing to keep you from starting today and just saying, you know what, honey, whoever that honey might be, Honey, I just really have learned that this is something that we want, we should incorporate into our relationship. And I'd like to start praying together today and, and just do it and just thank the Lord for whatever comes to your mind, confess whatever you need to confess, um, and just bring before him your petitions. But it's better if you got something to confess to your spouse that you do it not during the prayer time. Well, not that confessing might... to the spouse, <laughs> confessing it to the to Lord. Lord. Okay, that, that's good. That's, okay. Yeah. But... <laughs> Just, I'm just saying. Oh, Lord, help Jim to forgive me for uh, yeah. messing up the laundry. No, yeah. just kidding. <laughs> laundry, I don't care about. I love pink shirts, honey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't buy anything red anymore, so that's never a problem. <laughs> that's right. I'm not much of a red guy either. All right, so we recommend that some of your spiritual time together, Martha and I are going through the Jesus Calling. She found uh, a Jesus Calling that has a morning and nighttime short three-minute devotional thing, and it's got some Bible verses to look up. We have only successfully done it in the morning about four times this year, but we do complete it every evening. Yes. So we, uh, that's a great one. So maybe that's an idea for you. Like, well, what do we, what do we read beforehand? Uh, version has some daily devotionals. Uh, they're a great one. Um, Bible Gateway has one. Facebook 
uh, slash Jesus Calling, uh, JesusCalling.com, uh, MTL Magazine. Our book sponsors got something out there, so you you can. That's a place where you can go look to find some other devotionals. Uh, but those are all great places. But you know when you so we recommend that you open that you take your spiritual time, and that you just find a, a little scripture to read. Maybe something that you read in your devotions you want to share with your spouse. By the way, I still have all those really cool things I read in Psalm 119 I need to share with you, Martha. Okay, I'll make a note. Yeah, because we should do that in our devotion time tonight. Okay. Because I've been telling you about it. It was really cool. I think I think that tonight it should be like at dinner time. Dinner time? Yeah. Do we ever get to eat dinner anymore? Um, we're going to eat dinner tonight. <laughs> One way or another, we will eat dinner. And right. we will go through those verses. So start out by reading some scripture. And then pray together. And, and if you've got some time, and just like I said, maybe because you get nervous when you're praying, write down a list of the people you're praying for. When Martha and I pray with our business partners, Chris and Bob, we write down a list of all the employees and we pray for them individually. We pray for them so that we re- don't forget anybody when we're going through and praying. And then we can also remember things that they've asked us to share um, on the uh, uh that are prayer requests. So you're saying do something similar in your own family. So if you're praying with your spouse, maybe have a list of all your kids' names, have a list of um, specific things where people have asked you to pray for them and so that you can make sure that they're front of mind. All right. So I said that we would give some people some practical application on this prayer thing. And we just recommend that they find something to put scripture at the center of their prayer time. Just a, a scripture, maybe with one of these devotionals, um, then just to pray together and have a little short little list. Any other suggestions? What are the things that we do that you really like? Um, well, it's we we alternate. Um, you tend to pray more than I do, but um, we do alternate. And so sometimes I pray in the morning, sometimes I pray at night. But we, I guess we didn't even talk about that, right? Um, picking a time. That is important because well, we know a lot of people are on crazy schedules. So make sure that you come to an agreement so that you're allowing for that time, that you're not rushing out the door and then your spouse says, hey, we need to pray. And, you know, then you got to pray just, just to, to make, make it, it today. today. <laughs> but um, so pick a time, talk about it. It doesn't have to be like, oh, it's seven o'clock. We got to pray right this minute. But hey, let's let's spend some time praying before we leave for work. Let's spend some time praying before we go to bed. Or if you get too tired or or somebody works a night schedule, figure that all out. But um you we know. have some couples that pray together at night because they're at home together at night. And honestly, we recommend that couples go to bed together. It, it really just makes for a better relationship. But it, it, if you go to bed together, pray before you get tired. You know, one of the things I love about this conversation is that we've heard from, so, we've talked to so many people over the years about how they're trying to make this work in their marriage. And I remember one couple that they actually, the husband has a longer commute than the wife. So they get, he gets in the car and then they pray over the cell phone while he's driving to work. Of course, he doesn't shut his eyes. He keeps his eyes on the road. Um, but but they get well, that, that time. That makes a real step of faith, doesn't it, if he shuts his eyes? Uh, that's just crazy and lunatic. So, but I, the, but I the swear point I drive was, next to people all day long that well, are closing their a, eyes. That's a de- and you're sure they're praying? Uh, no, I, I think no, they're texting. No, you start praying. That's the deal. But anyway, I just, I just want to throw that out there because being creative, saying, this isn't going to work for us is just an excuse. How can you be creative and make this work for your marriage? Because um, you will, it will be helpful. All right. We're talking, Martha and I are talking today about spiritual time management. And so you've heard us say, you need to pray together. You got to pray together. In fact, you got to pray just to make it today. That's right. MC Hammer's famous song from 1990. But the other thing is talking. 
one of the that's really powerful is to talk together. And, you know, when we were dating, Martha, we had we couldn't get enough time together. In fact, we fell asleep on the phone talking to each other. Using a calling card. We would Did go we through. fall asleep on a calling card? Oh, I, I'm pretty sure we did it three cents a minute no, I think or whatever. There, there, were four, there were four or five cents a minute. <laughs> but the the point is, at that point in your life, right. you can't imagine. So we couldn't, yeah, we couldn't get enough of each other. Yeah. Then we get married, people get married, and all of a sudden now you got to tell people to pray and, and, to, and talk. to talk. And to talk about important things. Right. So, so you... we've got this accountability, weekly accountability checkup, which has really just got a bunch of great questions. And I really think it doesn't even need to say whether it's weekly or daily or whatever. But the the point is, is you these questions that we're going to talk about or topics are excellent conversation starters for sometimes when we just don't go there in our conversation. Right. For instance, um, how has God blessed you this week? What went right? What problem consumed your thoughts this week? What went wrong? I mean, those are, I mean, all three of those, <laughs> all, four, all three of those, that's four questions. Uh, that's, there's some great questions there. What, what was, which one of these segments or sections did you like better? Hmm. I, I, I liked this one because okay. I'm afraid of this one. Uh, how am I doing as your spouse? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's an open-ended question, isn't or, it? Or the, this one, priorities. Are your priorities in the right order? Yeah. Um, you know, I love, I just love, so many of them because again it's just opening up conversation that we are not necessarily being diligent about um you know there's even questions here on on your job how are things going um your stress your problems things like that um service god's will do you feel that you're in the center of god's will and sense his peace you know, we need people in our lives to ask those questions and who better than the person that you are sharing life with as your spouse. And um, I love the fact that it. what we've seen, this little, I guess we can even post this on Facebook too tonight. Can you post this whole thing on Facebook? Um, I am sure that there is a way to do that. We can even take a picture of it That's and post what we the can picture. Do. Or we, but, yeah. the, but the point is, that I was going to say is that rotating these questions and just having the conversation what a great thing to do uh, um on you a could, daily you or could weekly cut all these questions into separate pieces put, and put them, in, them in, a, a in a jar and just pull out one yes like this question how are our finances doing debt sharing saving spending and stewardship or this one do you feel you are in the center of god's will and sense his peace <laughs> You mean, must not have been listening because I just read that, that one a little okay. bit ago. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. You're looking at dials. It's okay. you okay. got a, you I got a, I am very a lot sorry. going okay, on Okay, but you didn't read here. this one. Okay. How are you doing in your high-risk area? Hmm. You know, so for guys who in the past have suffered from a pornography addiction or maybe a woman in the past who suffered from a shopping addiction or something else, how are you doing in your high-risk area? And that's, that's not to be stereotypical because there's guys that can have shopping problems and women can have pornography yes. issues. So, yes. but. Asking that question of your spouse, that's just really cool. It is. And it should be um, the safest person around for us to have that conversation with. But a lot of times we just don't start it. We're so surface when this is the person that we want to have the deepest relationship with. And I was just reading this one about prayer. It says, describe your prayers for yourself. What huge insight that gives you when you, because yeah. I know what we're praying about together. I know the things we're talking about, but hey, if I were to say, hey, Jim, what are you praying for yourself? 
I can't tell you that I've ever thought to ask that question. But that is, these are. So these are questions we should start asking at the end of our day. No, because we get serious. Can we have a little seafood? I think they can be put in a jar and put on the dining room table. All right. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. I I like this one. How were you tempted this week? And Mm. and how did you respond? Or, um, you know, this other one. How are the children? You know, if you have to ask that question, maybe you need to spend some more time at home. <laughs> well, again, though, we can get so caught up in the busyness that we we just, you know, go status quo every day, every day. But are we thinking about who's impacting them? What difference is it making? How are they growing and changing? Because we are to model for them. What are you wrestling with in secret? There's another one. That's a good one. All right. You've listened, you're tuned in today to I Work For Him together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we discuss. Today we're discussing about spiritual time management, why you should be praying together, why you should be doing some devotional time together, and how you should be talking. The next 15 minutes we really want to dedicate to step families. We brought on author and speaker Laura Petherbridge. She's an expert in step families, and I just want you to hear her story. And She's also got some really great ideas for how step families can make their marriage great. Laura, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank you, Jim. It's wonderful to hear your voice. Well, yeah, it's been, it's been a little too long. We'll have to get together for dinner here really quickly. That sounds great. So talk to me about how you got to be an expert on step families. <laughs> well, I got to be an expert the hard way. <laughs> um, I was raised in a step family. My dad remarried twice after the divorce from my mom. So I grew to understand step families first from a child's perspective. And um, my mom also uh, was in a relationship, so I had a stepdad. And uh, then I married a man that had two children, has two children. At the time, they were 11 and 14. Now we've been married 30 years, so now they're in their 40s. But, um, yeah, it was uh, college education by fire. (laughs) So I learned about step families primarily from being in one, but then I began writing and doing research and leading divorce recovery support groups and leading step family ministries, and that's really how I grew into being just knowing a lot about step families. Do step families really have different issues than non than than couples that have stayed together without getting divorced? I mean, do oh, they really abso- suffer from different issues? They absolutely. Do. The the issues are radically different. And unfortunately, people who have never been in a step family, especially in the church or leadership in the church, they don't understand that. They don't understand that their issues are completely different. So they put them in the same marriage classes or the same marriage therapy or the same counseling or whatever as you would a couple that's in a first-time marriage. But because they're dealing with radically different issues it that help that they mean well but those resources typically do not help the couple that is in a step family so laura one of the things that i love about uh, your story and the what you are doing for step families is that number one you you know so many times we say boy i sure that hope that something good can come out of what I've gone through. And that's what you've done. You've taken your experiences and your uh, life and said, okay, here's what I want to help other people not have to, you know, deal with all the same things. But then if they are dealing with them, 
I want, I can, I can, I can have compassion on them. I can have, you know, I can empathize because I'm actually in their shoes. I've walked those shoes and walked in those steps. And you are using your life experiences to help other people that don't have that understanding person to come alongside of them because we don't, you know, I, we've talked about that several times, Jim and I have about, we can be concerned for that step family, but we've not lived that. And so I love what you are teaching so many people. Well, I appreciate that. You know, Martha, in my Bible next to Philippians 4, 6, and 7, where I had jotted notes during my divorce, and then in, next to Isaiah 61, which is the verse God gave me for when I was started going into ministry in the beginning with divorce recovery, I remember writing in there, um, Oh God, um, heal my pain and make a purpose clear. And so I, I savor that Bible. If my house was on fire, that'd be the thing I'd grab because <laughs> it 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 is the the phrase there where I'm begging God to do exactly what you're describing to take the pain that came into my life, both as a child and then as an adult, uh, the sin done to me and the sin done by me, and use it, God, for your glory somehow. And that's how amazing he is, is that even those broken, horrific pieces that, that threaten to kill us and destroy us, he takes those, and now in my life I use those, both the divorce, the remarriage, stepfamilies, my childhood experience with divorce and stepfamilies, and now I use it to help other people get through their circumstances and to come out on the other side thriving. Laura, what are some of the specific issues that you are seeing that stepfamilies struggle with that uh, non-stepfamilies don't? Well, most stepfamilies are just totally ambushed by the complexities. They really thought that everybody was going to come together, and in a fairly short amount of time, everybody was going to blend and bond and care about each other. And, you know, in a perfect world, that would be wonderful, and occasionally that does happen. But more often than not, even the child that was in favor of mom or dad getting remarried, once the wedding occurs, they are hating the whole thing. They don't want anything to do with this step-parent. Don't ask me to be around this person. I don't want you in my life. And that's because children grieve. And that's whether they're little kids or adult kids. (laughs) They're grieving the death of the biological family. They want that, that union, that original union that, that God created to be, you know, the original family unit, they are grieving the death of that, of, of wanting their mother and father back together. And so mm-hmm. that's the biggest and most surprising thing that hits step families is, whoa, I thought my kid was going to do really well with this. I can't believe they're struggling so much. And so that now, one of- takes them by surprise. You know, oh, yeah. One of the things that you said to me uh, that you learned is that you became a stepmom of a couple of boys, but you were never going to be their mom. Right. And that's a that's a rough realization for uh, a woman get, going into a marriage. You're like, well, I, I'm not going to be able to be their mom. Why is that? Why doesn't it work that way? Yeah, especially a woman like me who has no biological children of their own. 
and see. Now, this can be any stepmom can feel that way, but in particular, I find that stepmoms that have no biological children, they think, okay, these stepkids will become my children. And again, in some instances, especially if the children are very little, especially if the woman is a full-time stepmom, where the mom has either died or is no longer in the picture, you know, women do leave their children and dad is left to raise them. Or if the mom has, say, a drug addiction or something, the full-time stepmom can often have a tighter bond and a mother-like role with the kids. But that, even in that circumstance, I meet many full-time stepmothers that say, this child does not want me to be their mother. It is just a bone of contention for them. It causes them pain that their own mother is not here loving on them. And so I really turned a corner as a stepmom when I recognized, you know what, it's okay if these kids only see me as my dad's wife. This is my father's wife. I need to be okay with that if they don't want me to be any more than that. Laura, how you know, I, you said you brought up a statistic, I think the last time we were on the air together, but how many years does it take till a blended family starts to actually feel blended? You know, and <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, where they actually start to... Um, I don't know, jive a little. Function as a family unit, yes. Well, most people are shocked to find out that both secular and Christian experts, and you can ask almost any, will all agree that it takes approximately seven years for Mm. a step family to feel like they are connected to each other. They feel a sense of family. They feel a sense of, um, you know, it's interesting when a child colors the the family unit in their picture, they will often put the step-parent either not in the picture at all or they'll put them way over on the other side of the picture. So, for example, in the question you're asking, it takes about seven years usually before the child will bring that step-parent into the picture. The cat and dog will get in the picture faster than a step-parent <laughs> usually. <laughs> oh, and that's going to so, be a hard one to put on the fridge then, yeah. you know, if that's if that's the picture they're drawing in your home. Laura, I'm curious because we haven't really talked it a ho- about it a whole lot to our listening audience, but is this the kind of stuff that you talk about when you um, have your um, gatherings for the Sisterhood of Stepmoms? Yes, yes. In those retreats where it is, uh, that one is primarily for any woman dating, engaged, or married to a man with children. So we gather for a weekend retreat, and I and I have a team of other stepmoms, each who have lived a little different stepmom journey. Some have their own biological children, some are a full-time stepmom, but I bring stepmoms that each have a different story, and we minister for the whole weekend to the woman who is dating, engaged, or married to a man with kids. And we talk to her about what to expect, how to overcome the hurdles, how to let go of the expectations, how to not feel like she's a wicked stepmom if everything isn't going just perfect. And so we, those women come deeply grieving, usually deeply hurting, and leave very refreshed. 
but I also do events for the step family. So in those events, either it's the individual or a couple, I do an event called Thriving in a Step Family, and there's where the church often sponsors that, and they bring me in, and then I, I do something for the entire um, family. Awesome. You've got a couple of books that you've written. What are the What are the books? Well, the first one I wrote is called The Smart Stepmom, and that is uh, a book I wrote with uh, step family expert Ron Deal. He is on staff with Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and we collaborated together to write The Smart Stepmom. Then I re- uh, wrote 101 Tips for The Smart Stepmom, where I dove into some specific issues, sort of like we talked about today, the full-time stepmom, the childless stepmom. Let's, let's hear the children's perspective of how they feel about a stepmom. And then I wrote a devotional for stepmoms called Quiet Moments for the Stepmom Soul. So um, it's specifically designed to meet the needs when that stepmom just needs five, ten minutes alone with God in nurturing the issues she's facing. Well, we'll make sure that we have all those posted on Facebook. Laura, how can people get a hold of you? How do they find out more about your ministry? Well, they can reach me right through my, actually, my brand new website launched yesterday. Yay! Yay. So excited. I hate technology, so I'm so thrilled when I find somebody who's good at it. <laughs> it's thesmartstepmom.com. 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 Laura Petherbridge, thanks so much for joining us on iWorkRam. We're going to bring you back for a whole show here real soon, okay? That'd be great. Miss you guys. Bye, Laura. We just got done talking with author and speaker Laura Petherbridge, who is an expert on stepmom. She's got three books that she highlights, um, Tips for the Stepmom, 101 Tips for the Stepmom, a devotional for the stepmom, and a book on the stepmom. I can't remember what the first one was called. Do you remember what it was called? They are The Smart Stepmom. The Smart Stepmom. 101 Tips for a Stepmom, and then the devotional that she just told us about. All right. Martha, as we close out today's show and talk about the value of spending time together, talking together, and praying together, what's the biggest thing as you look at how we've prayed together and and, and learned to talk together over these last 34 years since we first met how what's the highlight for you I think the highlight for me is the fact that um, we had a relationship that was strong that we prayed together but um, I don't I guess what I was trying to think about was the fact that I want to encourage people as they're hearing this not to feel like You have to do this because we're telling you to do it, but encouraging you the difference that it can make in your own relationship. Do you think we have the power to say you have to do this because we tell you to do that? Because because if we do, that'd be a great thing. No, but I think a lot of times people, we tend to tune it out when people say, you got to do this. But I really just want to challenge people to take the encouragement. You do got to pray just to make it today. <laughs> hey, for more ideas on how to pray together, do devotions together, just email us, jim at iworkforhim.com or martha at iworkforhim.com. Go out to the iWorkForHim website, click on Contact Us, and we'd be happy to send you any of the resources we've talked about on today's show. You know, as we uh, come to the end of the show, thanks for tuning in today. I challenge you to go out to iworkforhim.com and join the iWorkForHim nation. It is super powerful for as you make the commitment to start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day, it will make a difference in your life. Thanks so much to the, the Salem Media Group team today as they helped us put together our first remote live broadcast. That's right. If you couldn't tell, that means it went really, really well. So what did you learn today about how we could take the city for Christ? What did you learn?
You know, we learned today that our faith and how we put it into practice, it really makes an impact on our marriages. It makes an impact on our relationships. The more time together that you spend together talking, the more time you spend together praying, your relationship will deepen so that when the waves of adversity slap you upside the face, you've got the strength in your marriage to deal with. You've got the strength in your marriage to actually fight off the attacks of the enemy. Because we need to understand that the enemy takes the battle against the souls of our, against the, really the heartbeat of our family. He takes it very seriously. He's going to do everything he can to destroy it. So that's why you need to make your marriage strong. You need to fight for your marriage each and every day. We give you a couple of great resources. Jesus Calling. Talk to me, Jesus. You can get us get those online. Call into the studio line. Get a copy or reach out to us online. You've been listening to the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, and we own our own business, but ultimately, ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.